0: Welcome, Dr. Pamela Riley, to the Lemon Spark Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, allowing our listeners to hear about your story. Dr. Pamela Riley is the founder of Burst Through Ministries. Please let us know what Burst Through Ministries is about, and and of course, what were your lemons that brought you here?
1: Okay, and thank you so much, Barbara, for having me today. It's an honor to be here. I spent almost 30 years in practice as a naturopathic doctor, and I reached a point where I had so many clients who were doing everything right. They'd made major lifestyle changes, they'd changed their eating style, and they, we'd ordered really nitty-gritty blood work. Everything was perfect, but they were still exhausted and still felt horrible. And for most of them, there was an emotional component to their health. Now, I don't believe that emotional wounds cause all physical issues, but almost all physical issues have a definite emotional component. So as I worked with more and more and more of these precious people who wanted to heal so badly, but weren't because of emotional wounds, I really felt led to start really digging into the science of emotions and the biochemistry of emotions. And once I had that solid foundation as to why physical issues manifest from our negative emotions, then I started getting every certification under the sun for emotional healing modalities and emotional release techniques until one day God just dropped the perfect modality into my lap. And so for the last seven years, that's what I've been doing full-time. The purpose of, Bur- purpose of Burst Through Ministries is to help people heal From emotional wounds, spiritual wounds, trauma, lies they've believed as truth, limiting beliefs. We help them work through all of that and release it and allow God to heal it so that they can live with the abundance God intends for them.
0: That sounds like a perfect practice for our audience members who might be going through their own lemons right now. A traumatic event sounds like you're one of those people who might be able to offer some help if they're looking for it.
1: I believe I can. Um, I've helped hundreds upon hundreds of people. And the one thing I think that differentiates me from a lot of people who do emotional wounding work or emotional wound healing is that I've been there. I've experienced a ton of my own lemons, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I genuinely understand and my lemons came on when I was 27. I thought I was an old maid and that if I didn't get married soon, I never would. So I kind of married the first man that came along that paid me any attention. And I thought he was perfect man, which should have been my first warning, (laughs) but he was an ordained minister. He was working as a pastor he said all the right things. And so we wound up getting married. And two months after we got married, I came home to find him completely drunk and completely spun out on what I now think was heroin. So I married this pastor who was a closet alcoholic and heroin addict. So that set off just a not sure why, but I stayed with him for over, we stayed married for about 10 years had two children, but that entire 10 years was a constant roller coaster of him getting clean, seeming to have this miraculous restoration. And then just a couple months later, everything went back to the way it was. So I finally left him. We separated, tried to do counseling. And eight months after we were separated, he committed suicide even to this day, having to tell my five and six-year-old babies that their father was dead. And of course, I didn't tell them how or why at that point of, at, of their maturity. But that's still the hardest thing I remember ever doing.
0: Mm, I can't even imagine what that's like. Oh, it was awful.
1: But I mean, I'm, I've received so much healing that at this point, I can actually look back on that and give thanks because I mean, I never would have gotten to see sides of God's face if I hadn't gone through that, but I also wouldn't be the person I am today if I had not experienced that. I think when
0: you and I talked earlier, when you had told me that our ex-husband had committed suicide, that you felt some chains had been released from you.
1: Most definitely. And, you know, everybody expected me to feel really guilty, but in my heart and mind, he was at peace. We were at peace, spent 10 years of my marriage grieving. And even during the eight months we were, we were separated. He threatened my life. I had to file a restraining order. He also had begun to manipulate the children and tell them lies. And it was just a mess. And so knowing that he was at peace and in heaven, it really did set me free. And I was incredibly thankful mm-hmm. that my children didn't have to grow up with an addict. You know, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, I don't, I don't mean I was happy he died, that it was a tragedy.
0: Right. And right. I was
1: able to have the perspective that that event set me and my children free.
0: Yes. I can understand that. Uh, I had a similar occurrence with uh, my brother who was an addict and he didn't commit suicide, but he overdosed. And Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, when he died, you know, everybody was ac- incredibly sad and it was a loss. But at the same time, I also too believe that he's at peace because he was struggling so much. It, it was hard. It was really hard uh, going through that. So I can relate. I mean, you always wish that things would have gotten better, that it wouldn't have been that way, but it is the way it was. And the only thing you can do is forward. So when you were going through that difficulty, I'm sure you had mixed emotions like we all would have in a situation like that. What were some of your coping mechanisms? How did you find a way to move forward when you were in that tunnel?
1: Well, a big part of it, was that while I was with him, I really wasn't aware of how much oppression I was living under. You know, you constantly walk around on eggshells. You constantly want to avoid their drunken anger. I was, he was never physically abusive, but he really wasn't present emotionally or in any other way. I mean, I supported the family throughout our entire marriage. For me... Being out from under that oppression and getting to get to know myself again, that was so beautiful because I had forgotten who I really was, pretty much forgotten the gifts I had and the the talents I had. So kind of being able to kind of come back to life like a butterfly does who's been in a cocoon That was incredibly healing just in itself. Along with that, I mean, I got the kids in two different grief programs for the children, for children. I went to both of those, the parent side of both of those. And then my faith carried me through. I mean, I knew I was never alone and I knew I had a faithful father. So that really helped as well.
0: Yeah. That's one Um, of the most frightening things about When you have a traumatic event, sustained trauma, like in your case, that you feel alone and that nobody could possibly understand what's happening and what, what they're feeling. But having something that helps you not feel alone is just incredible. And I know I was searching for that with my lemon and I'm sure others who are going through their own lemon right now are searching for some sense that they aren't alone. And so for you, Your faith is what helped you feel like you weren't doing it alone.
1: Right. And one thing I will say is that I work with, I mean, I experienced this in the church. The church is not equipped to deal with abusive husbands. And again, my husband wasn't physically abusive, but abuse comes in many different forms. I was surrounded by pastors who told me it was wrong to separate. It was wrong to seek divorce. And, you know, that was 20 years ago. But I work with women even today whose husbands were involved in pornography addiction, all these different things, and they were told to go home and submit. Mm -hmm. One of my goals is to start training churches how to deal with marriages that are not healthy and where one partner is abusive because churches just aren't equipped that.
0: So you are using your experience, your personal experience, both with married to someone who was a pastor, as well as being a person of faith yourself and someone who was in a relationship that was oppressive. You've used that knowledge now to help train the church to recognize and handle situations like yours so that other women may benefit from the experience that you had so they don't have to repeat it or or at least prolong it.
1: Right. And I'm not doing that work yet. I'm doing it kind of one person at a time. But that is one of my big goals is to take this sort of training into different churches, community groups, whatever, and talk about what codependence is. Why, what you see on the surface obviously doesn't reveal the truth, and how to deal with it in a healthy, constructive way.
0: Right. And I would, and as you mentioned, the fact that you had your own personal experience with those emotions and that situation gives you insight that other people who maybe work in this space don't have if they haven't gone through it themselves.
1: Most definitely. And along with my experience, I have numerous clients who are women who have been ignored when they're in an abusive situation, uh, when their husband's sadistic physically um, and sexually. They've been ignored. So there is a definite need for this, but it's one that has to be addressed extremely diplomatically. So I'm confident that someday I'll get that, the training will be done, and I'll get a foot in the door and it will take off from there.
0: At what point in your journey did this idea about helping people who are involved with relationships, maybe similar to to yours, oppressive relationships, to help them manage that and help those who are trying to help them? When did you have that idea come to you?
1: Well, the idea to help, especially women, but I've also worked with abused men, the idea of helping them see things from a different perspective and seeing themselves as the victor rather than the victim, that came just a few years, well, maybe five years after my first husband died. And Another thing that helped me heal is that I met I met an amazing man 2 years after my husband died who God says he'll restore everything a hundredfold. My current husband is just the most amazing man, emotionally open, encouraging. He became a father to my children that my first husband never had been. It's good even if you don't get in a romantic relationship just to be around people who can help you see who are on the outside looking in and who love you deeply, friends, whatever. Families tend to be difficult to work with, but who can say, you know what? I understand how much you hurt, but this wasn't your fault or you didn't cause this because sometimes that different perspective or getting in with a support group that is truly supportive. What I find in a lot of support groups is a lot of people go there to whine. Yes. They self-perpetuate the problem. I had the same
0: experience.
1: So finding a support group where people are dedicated to healing, not on staying stuck in the past is amazing because then you know, you're not alone and you can hear other people's stories about how they went from where they were to where they are today. So that's very powerful.
0: That's exactly the role Lemon Spark is trying to play, is offering stories of healing and hope. And and your story is certainly one of those. And that's why I'm so happy that you agreed to share your story today. So what advice would you give someone who is going through a difficult time right now, maybe a situation similar to what you experienced in an oppressive relationship? What would you like to tell them?
1: The one thing... I would say is that forgiveness is key and I know the word forgiveness gets tossed around all the time. It's almost become trite, but forgiving doesn't mean forgetting nor does it mean you are condoning the other person's behavior. It just means that you're able to remember it without any negative emotions. And people always talk, you know, they say, Oh, you have to forgive, but they never explain how.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask, how do you forgive?
1: Yeah, well, the one thing I've noticed is that we tend to want to forgive a person's action. And what we really need to forgive them for is how they made us feel. The other thing is that love isn't blind, but when you're in a, a codependent relationship, or when you're in a relationship where you don't want to believe the truth, you will choose to ignore things. Like my husband was unfaithful. And it wasn't until I was on the flip side that I was able to go, oh my goodness, you were such a moron, you know, and I don't speak to myself that way, but it was like for crying out loud. So in a situation like that, I had to go back and think about, okay, he made me feel worthless. He made me feel unwanted. He made me feel unloved. He made me feel ugly, you know, all the, or he made me feel not as good as. And those were the things I had to forgive before I could actually forgive the infidelity and everything else that I was dealing with. So forgiveness is key. And that's a big part, you know, helping people forgive, not just their abuser or the person that wounded them, but also forgiving themselves and also forgiving God for quote unquote, letting that happen to them. That's a big, I mean, it's not the only thing we focus on, but when they're ready, we dive into forgiveness because it truly does set people free.
0: I think when you're in the process of trying to forgive those things that you just mentioned, forgive yourself, forgive the feelings that you felt. It sounds like part of that process of forgiving is really trying to find the lesson that maybe life has been teaching you through this lemon.
1: I think we learn the lesson whether we forgive or not. Unfortunately, we the lesson we learned tends to become all bound up in bitterness. And bitterness destroys any hope for happiness. So I think the key is to let go of that bitterness so you can apply the lessons you learned in a healthy way.
0: I guess when I was thinking of the word lesson, I was thinking of it in terms of that spark. That's the other half of lemon spark. The lemon creates a spark and that spark is maybe the lesson, which is a positive. I look at the spark as being positive, as giving you an idea a path forward, the lesson is what you've learned and how you can apply that lesson in a positive way. And in your case, you became an expert at helping people who are in similar situations. And now hopefully with the goal of helping institutions who try to help people in similar situations and giving them insight that you feel is critical to accelerating the healing process and not damaging the person further. And so once you can see that and have that idea, that path going forward, I think the forgiveness and the healing that you're talking about can occur maybe more rapidly or maybe in a more fulfilling way.
1: I agree. And I think what bitterness is the most debilitating emotion on earth. And so if your spark If your chance to move forward is always being put out and dampened by bitterness and anger, then it will be extremely difficult to move forward and to apply what you learned in a positive way. And I also want to say I work with anyone. I mean, we've all experienced some form of abuse. And so I don't just work with people in unhealthy marriages because we all need, we all need the chance for inner healing and restoration.
0: Yes, I'm sorry. I, I didn't want to peg you as someone who's only working with people in oppressive relationships. You had mentioned at the outset, you work with people going through trauma or just difficulties, and it could be anything related to anything. It could be job loss. It could be financial difficulties. It could be health or well-being challenges. I'm sure that all those things uh, you could provide some valuable insight into. I definitely try. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone wanted to get in touch with you, Pamela, how can they do that? What, How could they find you and learn more about what you offer? The best
1: way to do that would be to like my Facebook page, Burst Through Ministries. Usually as soon as you type in Burst Through, it'll pop up. <laughs> And burst
0: through is, is that one word
1: or two words? No, burst, through, and ministries are three separate words. And
0: through is spelled T-H-R-O-U-G-H.
1: Yes, thank you. I'm getting ready to launch some training here very soon. So please like my page so that you can see that, those opportunities, because I really want to equip others to help others but you have to be healed yourself first. Please join me. I would love to share encouragement and inspiration.
0: So like your Facebook page, which is Burst Through Ministries, and that would be the best way to reach out to you.
1: Yeah, um, I have a website that is under intense attack right now. Nobody can figure out why, but it won't load. So I'm trying to get that figured out and get that fixed. But until then, everything I would have
0: put on the website is on the Facebook page. Great. Okay. Dr. Pamela Riley, Burst Through Ministries. Thank you so much for sharing your story today and your wisdom. I really appreciate it. And I hope nothing but the best for you going forward. Thank you, Barbara. I wish
1: you the same. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be here.
0: You have been listening to the lemon spark podcast. If you have a lemon spark story to share or know someone who does, please message us on Facebook and be sure to like our page. And remember, it's not the lemon that defines you. It's the spark.